Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. The hard part today, David Olson is going to be covering the uh, in-between. I'm looking over, I feel like a disc jockey looking over at our playlist for today, though. But uh, somehow, as Mr. Announcer Man said, we only got one hour to do it. But we got to talk about uh, the most recent and first pickup for the Chicago Cubs, the Big Dog's beloved team. We got, uh, sadly, to say an obituary of the day from yesterday, NBA players. NBA players can now appear in camp. The coaches can't coach them, but the players can go. We got the Boston Red Sox already... uh, Fighting the hiring of Bobby Valentine. We got the ACC Big Ten Challenge, college basketball on the docket, NFL football preview, Bears in Kansas City, some other games, college football conference championship, and and I got to go down to the list. We got to play our regular baseball Hall of Fame game. I think we call it Yay or Nay with the big dog, Joe Redwanski, as I read off some of the names eligible for the Hall of Fame list, and you can get a yay or a nay without further. Joseph Adu, it's the tough, tough to get it all in today. We will do our best, but uh, let's welcome in our Partner, checking in for the via via the telecommunicative phone lines out in Aurora, Illinois. Big dog, Joel Radwanski. Big dog, how are you? Big dog. Testing, one, two, three. The following is a public service announcement. If you cannot hear this, this means in the case of an emergency, you would not be notified. In fact, there could be an emergency right now, and you would not be notified. Right, hey, he was there a second ago, and now, right. he's, now he's gone. We'll we're trying to get a hold of him. He, he probably got so scintillated by my open, probably so freaked out by my open that he probably was almost ashamed or maybe afraid to come on the show. Who knows? 888-463-6748. Any of those topics we just threw at you, you want to call up and comment on, you can do it uh, now or any time along the way. Love to hear from you again. 888 888-463-6748. Let's check in for the second time via the telecommunicative phone lines. And it is. Still, my good partner, Joel Radwanski. Big dog, are you there this time? Yeah, I mean, I, I thought I was there last time. I'm not exactly sure what happened, but yep. uh, just a minute ago, a friend <laughs> called me, and she was like, hello, hello, and I'm like, well, wasn't there. <laughs> hello, so, hello, one ringy-dingy, yeah, yeah. two ringy-dingies. I don't like that whatsoever. So uh, we're going to play Hall of Fame, yay or nay, because that's probably that's, one of my favorite games. I know that. And we do that as soon as I saw it in the paper today. we got to do that for sure, yay or nay, on the Hall of Fame people. Maybe we'll do that right up front so we get to it. But uh, lots to get to, Big Dog. No no major stories, but lots of niggets and nuggets. Yes, David? Is it possible that nobody can go in? Uh, the big Hall dog? of Fame? Could, could they be all nays, Big Dog? Is that possible? For, for what? Which sport? Baseball. Baseball. The Hall of Fame. Because I was looking at that list, and I took a brief look at it, and there's not a guy on there that I would say, oh, yeah, put him in, in my Uh, opinion, anyway. Technically, yes, I guess they could. If they got zero people with 75%, and and this isn't uh, a year where the Veterans Committee votes somebody in, I guess there's technically somebody could... This could be a year where nobody goes in. It's never happened before. Just to let you know. There's always since the Hall of Fame started in 1933. There's been a there's been someone in every single year. One of our emailers, Manny from Rodriguez, wants to know: uh, Is this possibly the year that Manny from Manny Trio sneaks in? Uh, well, 
Considering the, the power surge for middle infielders <laughs> in the 1990s, the steroid era is going to cost Manny uh, Tree his Hall of Fame. Uh, his Hall of Fame hey, don't, don't, don't complain to me. Talk to Manny from Rodriguez. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I got the list in front of me. We'll go down it, but uh, you know, just before set the table a little bit, Big Dog. Everything good with you? I know you haven't been feeling well the last three, four days. You've been holed up in the compound. Any chance you were able to get a little fresh air yesterday? Yeah, went out, went out to a Woodman's and uh, did some shopping yesterday. It was pretty good, and uh, I feel much better. Uh, actually, I wrote something about yesterday's show. I felt so much better. I felt clean-headed, like. I had so much pressure in my head that finally it was relieved mm-hmm. that, uh, that, uh, I don't know, that I, I wrote something about you saying Austin Rivers was the greatest offensive, most ready offensive player that you've ever seen in college basketball. Yep. Come into the game. Yeah. I know it sounds a little ridiculous. I would defy anybody to tell me a player that came in as a freshman in the beginning and had better offensive game than Austin Rivers. I, I wrote like a, a 500-word little little snippet right. about who I thought was better, just to let you know, Coach. You and, did. Uh, well, throw... and, and I really do believe that I, I got you on this one. I, I think you're going to be lucky. Throw... I think you're right. All right. Well, I don't want all 500 words, but throw me a couple names. Uh, Chris Jackson, number one. And that's the only one I'm going to throw out there. I don't know. That's, uh, there's others that I put out there, but if you don't, Chris Jackson was the most lethal freshman that has ever walked a court in NCAA mm-hmm. history. Because don't forget, like, Pete Maravich and Austin Carr and all those guys couldn't play as freshmen because of that stupid rule. Yeah, that's so a good point. We'll never know. So you'd have, well, you'd have know. to compare them to their first year as sophomores. Their first year playing big-time college basketball. Chris well, Jackson. Then, 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 huh? then if Pete Maravich is on the list, Coach, then I'm going to start with that one. I didn't. So we'll all go right. with another LSU guy that led yeah. the nation in the I would argue that uh, Maravich, shooting-wise, probably better than Austin Rivers, but he couldn't get to the basket. He absolutely did not have the uh, the deadly crossover and explosive to the hoop ability of an Austin Rivers. I, I mean, are you really comparing Pete Maravich to Austin Rivers? I'm not. Who knows where the career may go? I'm just saying, from an offensive game standpoint, and I even alluded to, or I didn't allude to it, but I added on at the end of it that I'm not sure the Duke team is going to be all the better for it because when he dominates the ball, I'm not sure their team is better. But from sheer offensive skill, the guy is a sensational talent. I can't remember a player who could shoot from distance, who could take it to the hoop with the explosiveness, strength, and control and body control that he's and still. Still, Big Dog had the stop-and-pop mid-range game. I don't think anyone has ever come into the game with all three of those things. So if he goes out next year, you take him number one is what you're saying? No, because I think Anthony Davis from Kentucky is probably going to be number one. But it's a long no, season. No, 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 no. Who would you take? Who would, well, forget who everybody else would take. Like, I would take Ryan Wilson before any quarterback in this draft. I would wait to take a quarterback, and I would take the kid in the second or third round. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's how I'm, I'd be willing to say that. So you would still think Anthony Davis is better than Austin Rivers. Well, can I, can I watch? I mean, these guys have played a couple of games in college. Can I watch a little bit more before I make that's that? Why, that's, that's why I'm shocked that you're saying this. Well, about no, Austin no, I, I said. I, I respect your basketball acumen. That's why I'm just shocked to hear that. I don't think the kid's that good. I just watched him for a game and a half, so I, I would like to watch more. But I said after watching 
for a game and a half. And, and you know, certainly my opinion can change, but I'm telling you my opinion right now, and I know it sounds bizarre. And I, when I first thought it, I said, no, that can't be. And then I started thinking, you know, I don't think. The, the multitude of talents that I've seen uh, this guy display, I don't think I've seen anyone come in with, with all of the entire package that Austin Rivers has. You know what, Coach, is i got to tell you, you know what's been bizarre for me is for the last two days I have sat my butt on the couch. I didn't feel very good, so I was like, well, I'm just going to watch some basketball. I can't tell you how awesome it's been from 6 o'clock to 10.30 at night watching six college basketball games. Two, like two sets of three games at a time on ESPN, mm-hmm. ESPN, ESPN2, ESPNU, watching the Big Ten ACC Challenge. Obviously, it's a lot more enjoyable for me considering that the Big Ten, you know, got it done this year and won eight out of the 12 games. Woo! Cool. But, I mean, honestly, Coach, I was just like, you know, this is awfully cool. Watching the effort, the, how much joy there is in the in the crowd going on, it was, it, I don't know, I just I enjoyed it. So, mm-hmm. I know. NBA is going to be back here soon, and we're all going to be in love with Derrick Rose and all that stuff. But uh, I kind of enjoy the last two days. The last couple hey, days of December, just watching some college basketball is pretty cool. Preaching so. to the choir here, Big Dog. Preaching to the choir. Absolutely love college basketball. Not just that's the talent, the but uh, huh? I'm sorry. That's the first time I've done that since the 80s, Coach. Two days in a row, watch nothing but college basketball straight. I don't know if that, has, that hasn't happened since the 1980s if it wasn't the tournament time. Being sick does have its benefits. Yeah, I guess it does. It does have its benefits. Well, I'm glad you were able to enjoy that, and I'm glad the Big Ten was able to knock off the ACC 8-4, to even though they won the grand finale. North Carolina beat Wisconsin in a pretty good game, but the Big Ten did dominate. Let's get to that in a second, but we had the Hall of Fame right up there. Let's play a little yay or nay, and David Olson is saying that you might go nay on every single one of these guys. Yeah, he, he might be surprised. He okay. might be surprised. And, and to be honest with you, I really take into consideration the era in which the player actually participated because for me that is that says a lot about a player because like if somebody like Rafael Palmero obviously hitting 569 home runs isn't as impressive as me saying like uh, like Stan Musial hit 475 during the 40s and 50s when it was a lot yeah. more difficult to hit home runs. You know, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So that. I, I try to take all that in consideration, yeah. Coach. I love this stuff. I, I think that makes sense, absolutely. I, I respect your opinion here, uh, absolutely. Now, keep in mind, we can't analyze each of these guys. Show's over at 11 o'clock, so we need to oh, go fairly quickly. A few of them we'll discuss, but a quick yay or nay, or uh, if there's a little hesitation, feel free to do that. And I think the first guy, there will be some hesitation. It's alphabetical order. Uh, you want to play along with the big dog, jump on the phone lines, 888-463-6748. It's always popular holiday game call. Called Yay or Nay, available in your local bookstores as we speak. Uh, and this, of course, based on the Hall of Fame. Jeff Bagwell. Right not off the bat, yet. a tough one. Okay, no, no. I, I, he belongs in, but not right off the bat, without question. I would vote him in in his fifth okay. year. Okay, this is this is a league MVP in 1994. Had one of the greatest seasons ever in 1994. Hit 368 with 39 home runs and only 113 right. games in the strike shortened season. Coach, he's awesome. I'm gonna. By I'm, the way, he I'm shares, gonna, uh, he shares gonna, a birthday with uh, Frank Thomas. Just <laughs> you know, next day. I'm gonna put him on the fence, and I lean towards you, not as confidently, but I'll put him in. He's close. Jeremy Burnett. Absolutely not. Vinny, nay, yay or nay, please. Uh, if you want to say absolutely nay, you can do that, but stick with the theme okay. of the game. Vinny Castilla. Uh, all they could hit was a fastball, Nick. <laughs> what? 
you know, Vinny Castillo is the only player in Major League history to have the exact same same <laughs> statistics, average home runs and RBIs in consecutive seasons. In 1995 and 1996, he hit like 319 with 40 home runs and 115 RBIs in, in, in consecutive seasons. How do you say nay in Spanish? Uh, no. <laughs> All right, here comes another tough one. Maybe not so tough. Juan Gonzalez. I'm going to say no. Uh, career home runs for him is probably in the high 300s, and he was only dominant for about five years, so no. Yeah, I would tend to agree. That's a fencer. But and, I would... and, the era, and the era that he's in, his same statistics, if he played in the 1960s, I would say he's in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. But no, he doesn't belong in. Okay, Gonzalez, no. They're both on the fence, but Gonzalez, no. Bagwell, yes, a little controversy on the yay or nay game with the big dog, Joel Radwanski. Right now, uh, many of our listeners in the Dominican Republic and Latin America not real happy with you, but it's not over yet. Give the guy a chance. All right, uh, Brian Jordan. No. Barry Larkin. Barry Larkin is already in the Hall of Fame, isn't he? Absolutely, Barry Larkin is in. The, he, oh. No, he's not in. He's okay. not in. Okay, so he's, okay. Then he's a first ballot Hall of Famer coach. First ballot? No. Coach, oh, this coach. is like his third year of eligibility, and he hasn't well, made it in. The big dogs. Are he, he belongs in. He should okay. have been in last year. I'll buy belongs in, and I still think it's somewhat of a fence, but I'll go with you belonging in. He's not a first ballot. Okay, he's a career. He's, he hit for at least for a career, at least 295. Okay, he has at least 500 stolen bases, 200 uh, uh, home runs, and he won at least six gold gloves at shortstop. And this is after Ozzy Smith retired, was when he started winning his gold gloves. Mm-hmm. And he was the second best shortstop in the National League that whole time. The best base runner in the National League outside of Scott Rowland. How do you say yay in Chinese? I'm going to find out very soon, I hope. Thank you very much. All right, Larkin is it, according to Big Doll, the always popular yay or nay here. Javi Lopez. No. Yes, David. I was going to say Larkin finished third last year and didn't make it in behind. um... I think he's a likely candidate to make it this time. Uh, Edgar Martinez. I would put is this I would put Edgar Martinez in around his fifth year. Also, yeah. he's the greatest DH ever. But I mean, the guy never fielded anything. But his numbers are staggering. His numbers are truly staggering, Coach. Really, so, I yeah, have to I, check I out the numbers. My instincts, and I always go by players that I consider dominant. Uh, you know, it just would not quite. You know, it's the Hall of Fame. The Baseball Hall of Fame to me is more special than any other Hall of Fame. It's more elite. I would not. Put Edgar Martinez in that. Okay, particular... what you need to do right now is go to baseballreference.com, put in, type in Edgar Martinez, and type in the people okay. that are most like Edgar Martinez. Right. You're, you're gonna, it'll blow your mind. You're gonna be like, oh, those are pretty good players. Players like Mickey Mantle are gonna come up, coach. So, uh, as a matter of fact, I'm gonna do it right now. I'm gonna look up Edgar Martinez. But right. Edgar Martinez belongs to make it into okay. the Hall of Fame after, uh, like a five. Because I agree, he's a DH. But his numbers are as good as anyone in his era. All right. And he played in Safeco Park, which is a obviously a pitcher's park. All right, so we got a yay for Edgar Martinez from the Big Dog and nay from the coach, Don Mattingly. Oh, Donnie Baseball. You know what? His career was so short, uh, but it was brilliant. He was the best hitter in baseball for about four or five years. And no, Don Mattingly does not belong in the Hall of Fame, yep. coach. Another close one. Okay. No, they're very close ones. Sitting on the fence, but we're going to lean towards nay, huh? 
about the uh, crime dog, Freddie McGriff? You know, Fred McGriff had a 30-home run season for five different teams. Uh, at, at one time, he had the record for the most home runs in different ballparks, but no, he is not an elite ball player at all. Yep. So. Uh, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this one, but the name is out there, Mark McGuire. Yes. Yay? Yay. Yay. Okay. All right. You put it, you even write it on his, uh, on his, what do you call it, uh, on his plaque when you put him in. Okay. That, you know what happened. Oh, by the way, by the way, uh, Edgar Martinez has gone down, but he is compared favorably to many good players in the history of baseball. Guys like uh, Jackie Robinson, uh, Chuck Klein. If anybody knows who Chuck Klein is, he's one of the greatest hitters of all time. Uh, he's uh, Edgar Martinez is a, it worth a handful of players with over two thousand hits, whose batting average is over three hundred, his on base percentage is over four hundred, his slugging percentage is over five hundred, and he's well over all of those. For his entire career. And did he play his entire career in Seattle? Yeah, he did. All right, that might be part of the problem. That's why you don't know, Coach. You're in bed by 11 o'clock, and you wake up, and you watch a replay of Guatemala versus Honduras in women's (laughs) soccer, and you don't realize that Edgar Martinez leads the league in doubles and walks every single season for his entire career. He's a great hitter, Coach. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, I'll take your word for it, and please don't knock Guatemalan soccer at 6 o'clock in the morning. There are many worse things. It's actually pretty exciting. Uh, and they actually used to have a right midfielder, I think, by the name of Edgardo Martinez. So you, know. you watch, you watch the, the Mujeres play, Coach. Huh? You watch the ladies play. Okay. Oh, All right, moving right along. Yay or nay here, uh, award-winning radio here in the Sports Talk. Uh, two guys in a mic show, Big Dog and a coach. <laughs> Next up, pitcher Jack Morris not in yet. Yes, Jack Morris absolutely deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. And his longevity numbers... Uh, might not be as great as others, but I will tell you this. There's no better starting pitcher in baseball during the 1980s. He won the most games in the 1980s, and he had the most complete games in the 1980s. The problem is, you know, he uh, he had a little bit of a Fergie Jenkins thing, Coach, because, you know, he had a lot of losses, but 254 wins for his career. And a complete games, he had 175. And don't forget where, this. Where are you getting these numbers from? Well, that I just looked up. The other ones I made up. Okay. Uh, I knew off the top of my head. That one I just looked up Jack Morris on baseball slash reference or okay. dash reference dot com. Ah, we okay, got it. Jack Morris but, is in. A yay for Jack Morris. Don't forget, he also pitched a 10 inning shutout in 1991 in game seven. Bingo, you're in the Hall of Fame. Why isn't he already in? Are you kidding me? That's the greatest pitching performance I've ever seen. He belongs in the Hall of Fame. All right. A confident yay for Jack Morris. Billy Mueller, the ultimate utility player. Billy Miller, you had a great player. Are you kidding me? He's even he shouldn't even get a vote from anyone. No, nope. <laughs> I'm sorry, you're a nice guy, a real nice guy. And the 2001 Cup season was destroyed when on Mother's Day he slid <laughs> and he hit a barrel of concrete and busted his kneecap on Mother's Day, and it ended the Cup season. The Cubs won 88 games that year, were in first place wow. more than anybody in that season, and they ended up not even winning the division. Your recall on the sport of baseball, the specificity of your recall. Not only the incident, but the years and the dates and the times is 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 part impressive and it's part scary, Big Dog. I well, think... you want to I, I was always with I was always with uh, my girlfriend at the time when it would happen. It would be on the radio on Easter 2003. Solomon Torres was pitching the Sammy Sosa. <laughs> Sammy Sosa at this time is the most dominant right-handed hitter in the game of baseball. Solomon Torres throws one up and in, hits Sammy right in the head. Sammy drops down. Sammy sucks the rest of his career. 
that was Easter. I mean, I'm telling you, whenever I was listening to Pat Ron on a holiday, something bad was going to happen to the Cubs. I couldn't listen to the show on the radio wow. anymore. I'm almost afraid to ask about Easter spring training, 1989. Oh, that was a bad year, Coach. <laughs> That's why I'm afraid to ask. All right, next up is uh, Solomon Torres. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Terry Mulholland. No, no, but I would take Terry Mulholland on my pitching staff any day of the week because he could do anything. He had a rubber arm. Yay or nay on the Hall of Fame here, award-winning radio, two right. guys hey. in a mic show. Dale Murphy, he's been on that list on the fence for many, a many years. I love that guy, but he might be one of those that are just in the nay category. You know, that it's too bad. 398 career home runs, and he won back-to-back MVPs in 82 and 83. Uh he wasn't dominant for long enough, but I, and I'm not kidding, Coach. For about five years, he was Hell one of, of the player. top players in the game. Yeah, Hell of a player. And, and uh started out in center field, but you know what position he started out at? Catcher. There you go. Not yeah, many guys he, make the move from catcher, not to left field, but from catcher to center field. Pretty unique. Uh Phil Nevin. No, no. Rafi Palmero. No. Nay. Nay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you use those two, Coach. Brag Radke. Nay. Timmy the Burner Reigns. You know, that's a, that's a nay. That's yep. a nay. He, yep. he, a little too inconsistent, really. But mm-hmm. he was a good ball player. He was, yeah. I would, I would love to have him on my team. But Another I, one that's, he's, he's climbing that fence. You know, he's, he's like trying to get over. He's probably in the nay category, but he's, He's at least on the fence. You know what? He If he had a higher career batting average, I would have taken him in, Coach. But he was a, a below-average fielder, mm-hmm. and he lacked pop. But he was, like, you have to admit, though, he scored runs. Oh, my goodness, he scored runs. He shows, I bet you he didn't hit his batting average probably for a career. I'm looking up here in a second. It's probably not mm-hmm. more than, uh, like, 288. So All right, next up, Tim Salmon. No, Tim Salmon is like, he's like a good, solid guy that you'd want on your team, but not a okay. Hall of Fame. Next up, Cal Ripken Jr. Um, I don't believe so, Coach, <laughs> to be quite honest with you. Uh, all, all he ever did was that streak. I was going to either go with him or Willie Mays just to get you off your pedestal a little bit. Uh, Ruben Sierra. No, not Ruben Sierra. Uh, here comes a tough one. Lee Smith. I, I know what your answer is to the whole... Uh, but uh, no, not Lee Smith. Coach. Yep. I always thought he was overrated. Uh, Alan Trammell. You know what? He's a gutty and gritty ball player, but him and Lou Whitaker are not Hall of Famers. Mm-hmm. They're not Hall of Famers. They're really, really, both of those guys are really yeah. good ball players. So those guys, Alan Trammell was like the poster boy for the just really good, better than good, really good Major League Baseball player that's, you know, not quite. Hall of Fame, but he was still a heck of a baseball player. Alan Trammell kind of embodies that exactly. Uh, oh, by the way, I just want to Tim Raines hit 294, so his betting average is a little mm-hmm. higher than I thought, just to let you know. But he only had 170 home runs. But uh, for stolen bases, pretty good, 808. And by the way, he does have the highest percentage, stolen base percentage of all time. So, One of our listeners, uh, Tommy from Treblehorn, uh-huh. wants to know, should Alan Trammell make it as a bench coach? Uh, you know what? If he does it long enough, he might hold the record for most losses as interim manager. 
Because if you think about how many times he has to take over for somebody and just lose as an interim manager, it's, it's really amazing. So it, if yeah. you think about it, the, the Hall of Fame is all about records, Coach. So, yeah. I mean, he was an all-star player. Uh, he hit for his career 285, which is pretty good. And uh, his best year was 1984, but Willie Hernandez won the MVP that year. Mm-hmm. So that. Okay. Next up on the docket, we're down to the W's here, winding up uh, near the end of the always popular, semi-popular, yay or nay in the Hall of Fame game with the big dog, Joel Radwanski, our baseball historian here. This is a tough one. Larry Walker. Very tough. Now, now he reminds me a lot of the Dale Murphy uh, part, okay? And I'm going to say no for a couple reasons. Larry Walker's numbers are staggering, Coach. He is phenomenal. In, in consistency and in longevity, both. Yeah, but here, here's a couple of things that, that go against him. He got hurt way too often, way too often. And he would miss half a season, like, every other year. So, like, you know, he was never, never in the lineup. But, like, in 1997, he had 366 with, like, 49 homers, one of the greatest years ever. But he played in Colorado, so all of his numbers are a little bit inflated. It's a steroid era. His, so he's Dale Murphy with a little bit better numbers than Dale Murphy. They're like the same player, honestly. Mm-hmm. Incredible fielders, great base runners, cannon for arms. One is a left-handed batter, and Dale Murphy was a right-handed batter. So yeah. they're right on the fringe. But I, I tell yeah. you one thing. I will take Larry Walker, and a healthy Larry Walker in the mid-'90s on my team. I can You can build a franchise around that. That was a hitting machine, just a pure hitter. And, and the best right fielder in the game of baseball. See, that part I didn't realize, because I was going to say, you know, along with you, on the fence, similar to Dale Murphy, awfully close, climbing the fence, but probably just barely on the naysay. I don't remember him. If he was that great of a fielder, that might be enough to have him climb and fall over to the side for me. Well, uh, Coach, you know the you know the game that the biggest nerds on the planet plays called Stratomatic Baseball? I, yep. I think I told you this. I would... I would play this game for years. We would all meet together. We had uh, we drafted teams, and then we kept our teams together and redrafted every year and traded, and it was awesome. Okay, and we would meet together for like a weekend where we would sleep for like three hours and play yeah. this game nonstop. It's a great way of getting girls, by the way. It's phenomenal, coach. <laughs> I, I swear to you, this is no joke, and I'm not. Mm. I know I'm not the best looking guy in the world, but I swear to you, out of the eight guys that in this league, yeah. the other seven guys were virgins. And I think some of them were married and were still virgins. Okay. I'm almost afraid to ask, but how old were you when you were playing the game? Uh, well, I started doing it right when I got out of college. Oh, boy. And the first season, so it was 1994, so the first season we were able to use with the cards were 1993. Mm-hmm. I played it all the way until the year I started doing the radio show right. with you. So you do pride yourself in your community game as the only non-virgin in the Stratomatic League? Did that... Because of that, did you get automatically get the first choice? Or were you relegated to last pick in the draft? Well, no, it always uh, the first draft was the, the was the snake like draft where you go back and forth, you know. Yeah. And then after that, we drafted by how you finished <laughs> the year before. Okay, not so not when you were uh, finally able to be with a woman that would that had so nothing. So not after you would consummate the relationship. No, ah. that 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 would not happen. But coach, okay. I mean, I was in there, and there was there was guys that were out in public with sweatpants on and t-shirts tucked into their sweatpants. Okay, and they had, I mean, I'm not kidding, because it was some of the craziest stuff I'd ever seen in my entire life. I've never seen, it was a convention of nerds. I absolutely love these guys. Love them. The one guy who consummated his relationship with the Rocky Calavito Cleveland Indian card, I thought that was uh, definitely (laughs) taking Stratomatic uh, to the next level. (laughs) 
Oh my god, there was this, there was this one nerd. He was the, I was right. the second youngest one in there. Oh my goodness, <laughs> so this kid when I would draft somebody in front of him, like yeah. one day, like he, um, I, this little he's about he weighed probably 190 pounds less than me, and I weighed 200 pounds at the time. <laughs> All right. Uh, another tough one, and then I think we can finish off okay. with two easy one. Bernie Williams. Actually, not that tough. Oh, that's the all-time leader in hits in the postseason until Derek Jeter just broke it. Yeah. He won Sad. a couple batting titles. But, yeah, he's if, the only reason why you consider him is because he won four world championships. And yet he wasn't even – he was like the fifth best player on that team. Mm-hmm. He really was. I mean, but he was always. I mean, he hit three twenty with twenty five home runs every season for that team for like six years straight. But no, he's not yep. a nay. Yep, I would agree with you. Close, but not quite in. Tony Womack. <laughs> no, coach. By the way, on my on my scale of one to a hundred of how rude he was to me at Nike Town, Tony Womack was in the high eighties, which is one of the highest that I've ever given out. Cool. Tony Womack's a POS. Very cool. And finally, Eric Young, the ex-Cincinnati Red and L.A. Dodger. Nice. All right, so there it Eric is. Eric Young, Cincinnati Red. Pardon me? Eric Young, no, Eric Young was a, was a, a Dodger and a Cub and a, and a Colorado Rockies. I That's thought, Eric he, Young. thought he played with the Cincinnati Reds, but it really doesn't matter. Either way, we're going to say nay to, to Eric Young. All right, nicely done, Big Dog. You put some people in, I think, at the... Uh, Hall of Fame voters, and of course, for the tenth consecutive year, we have thrown your name out to the Hall of Fame committee, trying to get you uh, to have a vote. And you'll be happy to know, for the tenth consecutive year, we never heard back from. Him. So I'm assuming yeah, you still don't have a vote. I guess, yeah, I guess I couldn't handle the pressure. I don't know enough about baseball. No, actually, no, that's, that's deal with the vote. Not so. even an issue. You're more than qualified. They just, uh, you know, they they won't recognize you. <laughs> There's, there's a writer up in Canada, I think, that has taken your spot. All right, nicely done. 888-463-6748. The phone number, David Olson, gave me a little bit of a quizzical look when I said we do have, a, sadly, an obituary of the day. Big Dog, are you aware uh, which pretty good athlete passed away way, way, way too young yesterday? I have no idea. Chester McLaughlin. Oh, Chester McLaughlin died? Defensive lineman for the Oakland Raiders. I heard about it first when I think it was Brett Musburger. And Jay Billis doing the, um, I think it was Musburger, maybe somebody else, doing the uh, Wisconsin-North Carolina game yesterday. And somewhere in the fourth quarter, Brent had mentioned, or like a couple of weeks ago, he had seen Chester McLaughlin with his kids at a particular outing and, you know, how sad it is that he had passed away and, you know, thoughts and condolences to the family and everything. So they announced that in the basketball game. But only 42 years old, Big Doe. We don't know how he died. But uh, Chester McLaughlin, heck of a player and a great guy. You know, Chester McLaughlin, he was, I mean, legitimately, I know there's a bunch of massive dudes in the NFL now, but he was the biggest guy in the NFL in the mid-90s. That guy was massive, massive. That's too bad. He was good. He's probably one of those gentle giant guys, because I always remember him being a good guy. Yeah, so. Well, sadly, the fact that he was that massive, uh, we don't know, obviously. We've checked with our in-studio doctors, but we can't find our in-studio doctors. I think most of them have been uh, either debriefed or arrested i'm not sure but uh possibly because of the weight big dog a lot of these uh-huh. football players do pass away at, a, at an age way too young if, if I, I am not kidding you coach you know i have an 18 inch neck this guy had at least a 23 inch neck i'm not kidding you. i trust him that his neck was at least that big if you see a picture of him. i'm sure you'll see pictures of him over the next couple of days mm-hmm. yep so that's too bad 
Very, very sad. All right, uh, moving on. Let's stick with a little baseball theme real quick here. The first pickup of the uh, Jed Hoyer, Theo Epstein, new regime for the Chicago Cubs. Love your opinion on it. They pick up, but they don't pay a ton, but still, two years, $10 million, 32-year-old right fielder from the KC Royals, David DeJesus, now a member of the Cub. Your thought? Yeah, I do believe he was playing on the A's last year. And i got to tell you something, this is a, a phenomenal pickup for a couple reasons. Good. You've got to really be able to play uh, defense well in right field if you're a Chicago Cub because they have the most difficult right field in all of baseball to play. The Sun Field is the deepest right field in all the game of baseball because of the well down there, so it's the farthest throw. you got the crazy angle. You've got to be a good defensive right fielder out there. So all those years we had Sammy Sosa out there who was waving to the fans who didn't know how many outs there were. Okay, <laughs> it, was really, it was really a detriment to the Cubs winning games. When uh, Cloudy told me they signed, he was like, who's David DeJesus? I was like, serious, I was so happy. And I hoped that the signing was about four or five million a year. So, Coach, you tell me it's ten years, two million dollars. No, yeah, two years, two years, ten mil. A, a, a total thumbs up to that deal. Uh, I mean, the guy's not a superstar, but by the end of the year, in September, you're going to look back and say, well, he had a really good season. So mm-hmm. I, I, I love the pickup. long as he doesn't take minutes away from my guy Tyler Colvin. That's what I'm worried about. Tyler Colvin's going to be compensation for... Why are you just trying to get me angry, right? No, I'm, I'm yeah, we, serious. We, we, I, we, need somebody, we need somebody to hit 225 with eight home runs next I like, year. Right? I think Tyler Colvin, if given the opportunity, is ready to break out. I like He's a great kid. Tyler, come on over for dinner, especially during Cup games. We can watch them <laughs> together. Oh, boy. By the way, one other quick baseball note. Apparently, uh, there's some Red Sox players sending some texts around. And already a bunch of, I don't want to build up the story bigger than it is, but uh, there's already a little bit of controversy about the hiring of Bobby Valentine. Some of the players not all that thrilled. Well, uh, if they could have won one more game in September besides the eight they won, they wouldn't have to deal with Bobby Valentine. Ah, a little zinger. A little zinger from the big dog, nicely put. Uh, they get they get to wake up in, in February, uh, one February morning, and go on vacation in, in spring, and for about four hours a day get to play baseball. Mm-hmm. I wish I could do that. And then after that, they get paid millions of dollars a day. I still worry, but as much as I love the message of Bobby Valentine and the message being, and you described it yesterday, uh, you know, love the game, enthusiasm, he has fun with it, he smiles, he's intense, the guy's just passionate about baseball. I love all that stuff, but there's still something about the guy. And again, I remind you that the baseball season is 162 games. That if you have to deal with them day in, day out, day in and day out, it could become grating. Coach, he isn't in your face all the time. That's that's, that's the funny thing about how he manages. That's Everybody that has dealt with him, it's, it's cool. Because yesterday, I was watching a few things. I just I was John Crook talking about him and Earl Hershiser talking about him so glowingly. It was phenomenal. And they were like, the, the guy is just a joy to be around. He's, he's just happy all the time. And if you, if you don't want to be around this guy, then you really have an issue, is what they were saying. They're like, and I heard, he's like, and from both of them, they're like, from some people I heard he was great, some people said he was horrible. So he's like, and yeah, looking back now, those people that said he was horrible are always in a bad mood, and mm-hmm. they really never did anything. I, I just, I love John Crook talking about it. Okay. But I, I wanted Bobby Valentine as a Cubs manager. I didn't get him, but I, I'll stick. Well, I'll, I'll go to bat with Dale Swain. I guess I'll have to. Mm-hmm. So. Two completely opposite personalities. All right, I'll, I'll go along with the Bobby Valentine. I'm gonna. Give it uh, its due opportunity, and I do love the message and I do love the enthusiasm and the passion for the game. That's stuff I've always Coach, believed in, so hopefully it works for Bobby Valentine. If, 
if uh, John Lester and Josh Beckett's arms are healthy next September and they actually have a guy to close out games in that inning, they're going to love Bobby Valentine. How about that? It all, it all depends on how those two guys' arms feel. And other, than, other than that, there's no other thing to worry about whether they like Bobby Valentine. Because if they hurt next year, then Bobby Valentine was the problem. Is it too early to start thinking about the pitching matchups? Because uh, under Theo and Jed Hoyer, I've got the Cubs going to the World Series next year. Maybe not winning it, but I've got them being in the series. Is it too early to match up the pitching uh, rotations as the Cubs take on the Red Sox in the 2012 series? You know, the the Fox is willing to pay for all the bribing that it takes to get the Cubs and Red Sox into the World Series and make it seven games. You realize that? I mean, they're willing to pay serious cash. Whatever you need, whatever Major League Baseball needs to make it happen, Fox will pay it. Okay? All right. Talk talk to the home plate umpires. Maybe they can arrange something. All right. Let's move uh, right along real quick now. David Olson's been talking about the end of the NBA lockout coach and Big dog, you guys haven't been talking about that. People got to get excited, and we should mention the lockout is over, obviously, but uh, it's kind of weird, but apparently the players today, for the first time, they can go and practice at the facilities, dog, but the coaches cannot work with the players yet, so it's kind of odd. And they have to sign a waiver when they enter the building that if uh, they slip on some on some sweat because they don't have one of the ball boys there with the with the broom to swipe it up, mm-hmm. and they hurt themselves that their contract is null and void. Interesting. Cracked up. Not it? just null, not just void, but both null and void. <laughs> See, I always told my lawyer, give me a contract. I don't mind if it's null. I don't mind if it's void, but it can't be null and void. Both those are killers. Because you know, a, a good lawyer can work around and get the other one back, right? Yep. If you have the null, you can yeah, get absolutely. the void back. I, I personally am a little prefer. Uh, have a preference to know, but you know some people might go the void way. But uh, interesting, all right. So I didn't know that. So they're under their own liability. That's interesting. And now the NBA contracts, how many of them are guaranteed, Big Dub? Uh, from the last time I checked, which was uh, never, it's still zero. Coach. <laughs> they're all guaranteed, coach. So every one of them is guaranteed. Well, but you just said if a guy slipped and tore yeah. up his knee, he that's, wouldn't. That's would he the get thing. the money? That that's uh, supposedly with these waivers. They're, it's like some weird things where until practice starts on December 9th, you had better not mess up. It's like some strange stuff going on right now with the, the way the collective bargain agreement is going on because the whole, the, the old other, they're still under the whole other labor contract. Okay. So they don't want to have to pay out a medical bill for somebody that gets hurt between when the old one is getting gone away with, and the new one is starting on December 9th. You see what I'm getting at, Coach? Absolutely. Okay, so that's why they, they're just like, don't get hurt, because you're going to be screwed. So if you go get your own health insurance, so in case I'm, it's more get your own health insurance than it is, you're not gonna, we're not going to pay you if you get hurt. Interesting. For transcripts of Big Dog's description, you can write to us here at the uh, two Mike, uh, Mike Two Guys email address, and we will send you the uh, description. That the big dog just all confused us with. Can, the, I, can I give you? Can I give you a hint though? What happens? Absolutely. If Carlos Boozer trips over another dog and breaks his ankle, <laughs> and on the same day he falls into Derrick Rose, and Derrick Rose breaks his back. Okay, here's what happens. They still pay Derrick Rose's contract, and Carlos Boozer. They're like, oh, sorry, we have a whole new labor agreement. Ah. Your contract's null and void. So it's That's a selective agreement. Yes, exactly, Coach, because the owners have all the power at that point. Gotcha. Gotcha. By the way, we just got an email from Steve from Swisher, who says his Park District basketball team last year was nicknamed Null and Void. 
That's not bad for a team name. That could be a rock group. Or, like, you know, a two-on-two game. Yeah. Or, or a three-on-three team, Null and Boyd. I like that. It's not, not bad. By the way, speaking of rock group, real quick, real quick, give me some advice. I'm driving uh, my kid and his friend to the United Center tonight. They got tickets for Jay-Z and Kanye West. So my question is, now they don't want me coming in with them. My question is, big dog, I'm debating, you know, I got to pick them up too. Uh, Uh, So one, how long do these concerts last? Am am I worth just hanging around and reading a book in the car? I don't want to drive home and then go back to the United Center. Is there a chance I can uh, hang around and, you know, at the end of the first quarter, so to speak, get a ticket for like 10 or 15 bucks? What's your advice for uh, the adult driver? That might not be a bad idea. That might not be a bad idea is that if, if I were you, uh, go park at uh, the Billy Goat Tavern, which is right there on Ogden okay. and Madison. Okay? Mm-hmm. Go get yourself a, a triple cheeseburger. Okay? <laughs> eat, some, eat some cholesterol. You'll work it off tomorrow, I promise you, Coach. Don't worry okay. about it. Enjoy yourself. Okay? <laughs> Watch a little bit of the Eagles. Take on the Seahawks. Okay? Drink yourself a Billy Goat Lager. Ask the guy about the parking situation and if you can leave the car there. And then walk over and get yourself a ten dollar ticket, and and hopefully they play New York, and then that's and then you being a chick coach. Wait, is this establishment you're talking about? Is it walking distance from the United Center? I just said Ogden and Madison. It's yeah, it's right there, coach. Really? You can, you'll walk out and you'll see it. It's beautiful. The best place to hang out. I got to tell you, if you're going to a Pearl Jam show, you should go to that Billy Goat beforehand, coach. I what? went there about fifteen years ago to that Billy Goat Tavern right when it opened before a Pearl Jam yeah. show, and there was about five hundred. Right. So there are. I didn't even realize there were establishments in walking distance. So I could actually park that's at the, the United- only one. That's the only one within walking distance you want to go to. Okay. What, what will the crowd be in at that particular bar on a Jay Z Kanye I, I West? I, I, I don't know. I haven't been there. Okay, Coach. But as mm-hmm. long as you have rims and they're spinning, you'll be okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, how long do the, the concerts? Like three hours. Yeah, you're looking at three hours. Like, yeah, that, that sounds about right when you think they've got right. have somebody on for like 45 minutes beforehand, and then 15 minutes later they play for two hours and it's over with. Interesting. I, I'm, I'm guessing, because I know like Pearl Jam shows, Coach, are like five hours, because they play like an hour, and then an hour, and then Pearl Jam plays for like three hours. So Interesting. My so son like, went into absolute horror, Big Dog, when I even mentioned the fact. That I might try to, you know, as long as I'm driving there, I might try to just snag a ticket and go in there. It's like, oh, my gosh. Like, you know, David, there'll be 15,000 people in the place. I don't think you're going to see me. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I got their set list. They're going to play 45 songs. So so it could be a solid three hours? Absolutely, yeah. Beautiful. Well, they're playing four. They give the set list out beforehand? Well, I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the set list of the, the uh, show they did. Oh, okay. In Toronto last week, okay, but you got to figure cool. they're really not going to de- they're really not going to deviate from it too much because they're doing all their big hits. Which just- one of the two does the Sweet Caroline? Is that on the list? It is not. How about uh, Stand by Your Man? They do have Stand by My Bitch, so that's pretty close. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> that's close enough. Uh, Oh, that's bad. Somewhere Barbara Mandrell is rolling in her grave, and she's not even dead yet. That's the scary part. Now, you know, I know Kanye uses the B term, but I don't think Jay Z does. Does, No, no, I'm sorry, he does because yeah, yeah, 99 problems. Come on, 
Yeah, my I read what I said it. Uh-huh. I just realized that might have been the stupidest thing I've said, in, at least on the Today Show. By the way, I watched for the first time. I don't know how I, you know, when you get on YouTube, you can go, YouTube, you can get sidetracked onto different things as easily as this show. And I don't know how, you know, it was like the seven degrees of uh, of Kevin Bacon. I'm not sure how I got there. But Chelsea Handler, who I've heard her name, I've seen her picture, but I've never heard her. So I watched a couple of interviews with her. Have you? Do you know of Chelsea Handler, Big Doug? You know what? Her name has been popping up everywhere on the Internet the last week. Why? Wow, what's up with her? Well, she's just she talk show host, comedian, but she's pretty uh, pretty wild. She's a very attractive and very uh, outward, sexually, I guess you would say. Okay, it's kind of surprising, you know, what the female is. She does it just above the line, where you know it doesn't get too bad. But she's definitely controversial, but definitely has a lot of charisma. And uh, watched a couple of interviews. At any rate, she's she's climbing up the charts, shall we say? She's got a talk show, I think it's called Chelsea Lately, or Something oh, like that. Chelsea, yeah. Chelsea okay. lately on the E Channel, and yeah. she's also she's got a sitcom coming on that she doesn't star in, but she yep. produced and created that's coming on in a few weeks. And she has had more than a few flings with uh, African American singers, and I think the most recent one, maybe currently, is uh, her and Fifty Cent. Isn't that's it correct. Fifty Cent? Yeah. How do you pronounce it? Is it Fifty Cents or Fifty? Fifty. 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 Uh, all right, let's see if we can get back on track here. We've got a little titillating tidbits, news and notes here. By the way, you want to chime in on any of our topics from rock concerts to Hall of Fame to uh, the Cubs picking up a David DeJesus or any of our topics in between. I can't quite figure out where we've been. It's been a long and traveled path, big down the last 45 minutes with many stops along the way and a couple of washroom breaks as well. 888 48, the phone number. Uh, we touched on college basketball a little bit. Uh, you watched last night the ACC Big Ten Challenge. Good stuff. Great games. Some uh, thoughts, comments from what you watched last night, Big Doug. Uh, yeah, there's some energetic crowds, and uh, Nebraska's crowd pretty energetic. That's the first time I've ever really watched any that, part of that. Wasn't, game I hate to tell Nebraska. you that that wasn't that wasn't basketball. That was a pep rally for the football team. Oh my goodness, that, I was kind of surprised. But yeah, they, they're bad. <laughs> Nebraska yeah. and Wake Forest was bad, which I couldn't believe when I was watching. But other than that, the other five games were really, really well played. Uh, uh, Wisconsin and North Carolina was a, an excellent ball game, Coach. And North Carolina didn't know what to do when they couldn't run their, their offense smoothly. I mean, it was very difficult for them at home against Wisconsin. Are you like me, um, and not recently, but long, tired of the Roy Williams Act and that, that he's – He's trying to put on this Mr. Intensity act, and the guy bothers me. I don't, I don't know. His ego has gotten way out of control. I think he's overrated as a coach, and the whole oh. the whole Roy angry, intense, throw-a-chair thing seems very contrived to me. I can't stand that dude. The way he <laughs> walks, I can't. He's the Carolina coach, 05 coach. You know I'm never going to like him, ever. There's, even if he was in, he could have been Dean Smith, and I would end up disliking Dean Smith. But the fact that it's Roy Williams, Oh, my, Illinois losing to that guy just makes me sick, and my stomach crawls every time I see him do something. Last week, he started complaining on the radio that someone from North Carolina sold a bunch of tickets to fans from UNLV, and oh, there was a UNLV section at a North Carolina game, and he's like, I could do without them. And he's like, they shouldn't be working North Carolina. They didn't sell out all their tickets, and somebody from UNLV decided to buy them, but they're not supposed to sell their North Carolina tickets. I mean, they're... This is the North Carolina, 
Uh, could you believe that, Coach? There could, he was complaining that they sold tickets to UNLV fans yeah. at a game. By the way, is it at end of UNLV about- upset? Huge upset. UNLV beat North Carolina. Well, yeah, I forgot to mention that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And th- that was the reason, because there was a big contingent of UNLV fans there, mm-hmm. and they had a lot of energy, is what he was saying. Are, are you serious? What a whiny little you know. <laughs> Don't don't mask your opinions, Big Doug. Tell us what you really feel. Early in his career, he was likable enough, but he's developed the last five to ten years into a, um, again, I use the word contrived. I always feel like he's trying to make up this intensity and anger. I don't know. Suffice it to say we don't like the guy. Um, by the way, one other thing. Now, I didn't see him play, but I kind of had a feeling in my preseason prognostications that Indiana would finally get over the hump. They still need to be tested by some good teams. They did beat Butler, and last night they beat North Carolina State. They're 7-0, and it appears, Big Duck. In year four under Tom Crean, I'm not saying they're a great team, but it appears Indiana, the hotbed that is Indiana basketball, is finally, shall we say, back on track. Yeah, they may have been out-rebounded 2-1 to one in that game, and they won, I wouldn't say handily, but... They pretty much led by five the whole entire ball game, Coach. I was dumbfounded by the shooting and execution on offense that Indiana has and its defense. The only problem is they would have to play defense like three possessions in a row because they couldn't rebound whatsoever. This team is good, and Zeller's little brother is the best player on Indiana yep. now. That kid was unstoppable. Yeah, he was rated so, top five high school player in the country, Cody Zeller. Wow, he was good, Coach. The kid can. It seemed like he was the only guy rebounding for Indiana. So that Indiana does have some issues, but they're they're a they're a skilled team. Yep, they lost unfortunately for the second year in a row. One of their best players, I think his name is Maurice Creek, uh, and that really really hurt. He might have been the guy to really get him, maybe even to the upper half of the Big Ten this year. But they lost him, so they'll probably still struggle a little bit. But clearly, they're uh, you know they've been brutal the last three years. They're much better now. Uh, but the Big Ten, three consecutive years, Big Dog, and this was the first year, I mean, it was clear that the Big Ten was better than the ACC, if not at the very top. The depth of the Big Ten is much stronger than the ACC at this point. Yeah, and, and four of the eight Big Ten wins came on the road. So it's... Uh... And the matchups were pretty fair this year. And, uh, and you know, sometimes I've complained about, like, the strange way these matchups have gone. It always cracks me up. Like, I looked at the ACC Big Ten Challenge matchups yesterday, and it seems like when they go to neutral courts, I swear to you, like, 30, three out of four of the neutral courts are, the, the names are Raleigh, North Carolina, or Greensboro, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Very rarely do you ever see Chicago on there or Detroit. It's always, like, in North Carolina. So, I don't know, I've always felt as a Big Ten fan, we were trying to get the short end of the stick in it, but now we don't have to worry about it. it was, it's all good. I, I can finally breathe easy. We're finally getting some respect as a basketball conference coach. Beautiful. But they finally earned it this time, which is nice. Yep, no question about it. Southeast Conference and the uh, Big East start their challenge next couple of days. More college basketball coming at you. Tomorrow's officially a football Friday. You're in the two guys at a mic show. We'll play Beat the Schmoes. Preview a lot of the football games coming up this weekend, but we do got a lot of conference championship battles. You alluded to it tonight. We got NFL football, and I think there's a college football game involving West Virginia. So if you need your football fix, you got it tonight. But um, some interesting games coming up, Big Dog. Michigan State and Wisconsin playing for the first ever. This will be a trivia question. 
when you're like 75 years old, you'll be able to uh, tell your grandkids or, you know, ask them the trivia question. Who won the first ever crossover Big Ten championship? Michigan State, Wisconsin should be a good ball game. And, of course, it's a revenge match, right, for that Hail Mary touchdown pass? Yeah, when uh, Michigan State pulled one out of there, you know what, uh, and won 37-31 and ended uh, Wisconsin's perfect season at the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is going to be one heck of a football game, Coach, and I'm glad the two best teams are, are playing for the Amos Alonzo Stag Trophy. So, uh, and, and the winner the winner goes to the Rose Bowl, though? The winner goes to the Rose Bowl, Coach, and they will be taken on the winner of Oregon-UCLA unless total chaos happens over the next week and Oregon somehow ends up in the national title game. Hmm. Okay. Wisconsin-Oregon, that would uh, that would do things for me as a Rose Bowl I, matchup. I, I, I'm really hoping. So I, I want Wisconsin to win. I, I really think they might represent the Big Ten a little bit better against Oregon than uh, the Michigan State might. There are the some, State. by the way, as a sidelight to this game, there's some people calling this the Illinois Coaching Bowl. In that two of their leading candidates, and you know, who knows? This is the media speculating who the leading candidates are. We found out many times in the past year that the actual selection is someone completely off what we, uh, you know, are hearing from the media. But at any rate, uh, Paul Chris, the offensive coordinator for Wisconsin, a leading head coach candidate for the Fighting Illini, and Rich Narducci, I believe it is. The, the Michigan State coordinator, did you say? The defense, well, the offensive guy for Wisconsin. Okay. And Michigan State's defensive coordinator is a prime candidate also, so maybe Mike Thomas, the athletic director, is going to watch this game. Whichever offense or defense might dominate, that might be the next coach of Illinois. It might be the Illinois Bowl game on Saturday. Big I had no idea that that story was involved, Coach. I, I'm glad. I probably would have found out by the time the game started, but uh, I, I do, I'm glad you let me know that. And if, if the Michigan State coach comes, please bring your defensive line with you, please. That would be nice. And then if the Wisconsin coach comes, please could you bring your offensive line with you? That's the difference. Both of those schemes work flat out for the simple fact that there's nothing but hog mollies up front for Wisconsin and a bunch of beasts for Michigan State, yeah. if you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, Illinois had great size. We had tremendous high hope with their offensive line. Yeah. Uh, you know, there were two positives. One, they were veterans, juniors and seniors. Two, they were really big. We just forgot about number three, and that was the part about being good. You know, I, I, yeah, it really was. The offensive line took a step back from last yeah. year to this year. And I include the six-game winning streak because you remember I was saying, you know, yeah. the offensive line is not playing like we thought they should, and they were 6-0 at the time. If you watched our running game when Jason Ford got the ball, they literally took a step back. That yeah, was the problem. I don't blame them, though. Huh? I don't blame them. Donovan Young is going to get the ball 20 Ooh. times a game next year. If we have Donovan Young and the, and the Wisconsin philosophy yes. of punch it at you, punch it at you, throw it over the top and score with, with touchdown passes, yep. uh, we'll be all right, Coach. I, I meant to mention that after Illinois' last defeat, they had the whole firing around Zook and stuff. But, yeah, there was one bright spot the last couple of games. It's pretty clear for if you know football a little bit, Donovan Young is going to be, uh, I'm not going to say great, he's got a chance of being great, but he's going to be a darn good running back. They're set at the tailback position at least uh, for the next couple of years. Yeah, he deserves to wear the number five and play yeah. tailback at Illinois because the last couple ones have been pretty darn good. Who I don't who were number Mikhail five? Shore, Mikel Shore, and uh, Richard Mendenhall. Okay, I thought you were going to throw a Red Grange in there. No, he was seventy-seven, coach. Okay, I put Lashore one, Mendenhall two, uh, Red Grange three in my rankings of Illinois running backs. <laughs> 
All right. Uh, I would run down some other games with you, Big Dothers. Good conference championship matchup. We may have to do it tomorrow. David Olson, you said you got a uh, quick football note, a KFN, if you will? Uh, yes, I do. Aaron Rodgers has been named the uh, NFL Player of the Month for the fourth consecutive month. First time ever? First time ever. Wow. So you can pretty Who's much give him the MVP right now. First time ever, Big Dog. Who's Aaron Rodgers? September? September? No, because he was December of last season. Ah, okay. Okay. And then September, October, and November of this season. Four so, months okay. in a row. Not the yep. court, but the offensive player of the month. Player of the month, yeah. And then and let's face it, who was, the month, who was the player of the month of January last year during the playoffs? And who was the player of February in football? So he's basically won it six months in a row because the two months that don't that aren't counted in that list, he would have won, and those are the two most important months in, in football. Yeah. Man, he's just dominating the game. I was Guys, I, both of you guys, I want you to answer this question. When is the next time the Chicago Bears are going to host a playoff game? Honestly, when's the next time they're going to win the division with Aaron Rodgers in the division? Talk to me after this Sunday. If we beat the Kansas City Chiefs, we might be on our way. Before you this season, you're talking, yeah, this year we're going to host the playoff game this season. Uh, it doesn't matter. I mean, it, Cutler pretty much said yesterday he's done. Yep. He's, he's not coming back. Yeah. I, I'm not trying to be a doom and gloom person. I'm not saying the Bears don't have a chance to win a Super Bowl. But honestly, when you think over a 16-game season, I can't imagine right now the way Aaron Rodgers is playing. I, I don't know how long it's going to be until the Bears have a better no. team than what the Packers have with Aaron Rodgers at the helm. Injuries happen. That, yeah, that's all right. I'm saying. I mean, he go, he goes down with a you know a injury to his throwing arm or a knee or something like that, and he's gone for an extended period of time. Anything goes. All right. I, I really don't want to wish for that, but I almost feel like that's the Bears' only chance to be dominant yeah. in the division again for like ten years. Yeah. Now he's having two great a season. It would be a shame if he got injured. Let's see how the Packers do. Doll, we got to wrap it up. Football Friday tomorrow. Uh, fill your plate, my friend. We got lots to talk about conference football and. Uh, uh, actually, I went down the NFL game. Pretty good slate of NFL game. But we got to get out of here right now. We'll talk to you tomorrow, okay? We'll see everybody tomorrow. See you tomorrow. There it is. Two guys at a mic. TalkZone.com signing off. We'll see you tomorrow at 10 o'clock. Don't be late.